This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Coming up on Monday's show, sports editor and columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra, Sam McEwen, talking all the latest Husker news. From SB Nation, Ricky O'Donnell will catch us up on the latest basketball tournament picture and anything else that pops up over the weekend. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning. Welcome to Athletes Unfiltered. Little zone read, and Martinez into the open field. What a move he made in the backfield. Looking for the pylon. He's got a touchdown. The podcast made by the athlete for the fans. They fake the pot pass. Martinez under duress, but he can improvise and improvise he does. What a run. And into the end zone, Adrian Martinez. Now here are your hosts, Adrian Martinez and Jeff Ekstrom. Well, hello again. Whether you are cleaning the garage, grocery shopping, whatever else you like to do while listening to podcasts, we welcome you to the second episode, second edition of Athletes Unfiltered. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Ekstrom, and alongside me, as always, Adrian Martinez. Adrian, how's it going, my man? It's going good. And thankful we can get this second episode off the ground. Um, we've had a little bit of a delay, but it's a great one. And pumped to be here, pumped to be doing it again, and get some new episodes cranked up. Cameron Jurgens, our first ever guest on Athletes Unfiltered, will be coming up in a little bit. But first, we'd like to talk about the reception of the first episode. I mean, looking at it today, we're approaching 3,500 listens in a, just a couple of weeks. I think people are pretty excited, and they've liked what they've heard. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I was just telling Jeff and a couple other buddies of mine, but I was outside going shopping, met a random person who listened to my podcast, and TJ Maxx, you know, just out of the blue, not just teammates and coaches, but it's all been really positive and uh, a lot to be excited about. And uh, I know it's only going to get better. Oh, yeah, and I think – it kind of just validates the goal that we wanted to do with this podcast and trying to approach not necessarily, I mean, it's not necessarily new, but I think it's something that hasn't really been touched upon a lot. Yeah, definitely. I think that's college athletics and college um, athletes and being unfiltered. Of course. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> being unfiltered, but um, finding a new area to express themselves and I think this is a great way to do it and this is a great platform and we're kind of at the frontier of it and it's it is truly exciting and hopefully we can be uh, the model going forward for sure and well speaking of college athletics something that happened here just recently Nebraska baseball made a regional and Fayetteville facing the number one team in Arkansas fell short in game seven six to two to end their season but Adrian we wanted to talk about them just because of just how good they were this year. 
Yeah. And just, I mean, what an incredible season they've had. Uh, I don't know officially what their record ended up being, but it was some 30 and something and 12. I mean, Big Ten champs. They go to the number one team in the country and force a game seven in the Fayetteville Regional. Um, just a lot to be proud of as a Husker and as um, a community. I mean, they battled their asses off. Yeah. Battled their asses off and had some really talented players, made it entertaining, fun. I mean, they never gave up, and you could tell. Even when that, that first loss to Arkansas, that was tough, but came back the next day, beat the crap out of <laughs> out of a team, scored 18 runs or so. And, I mean, that game was, like, kind of close for the first few innings, too. Yeah, and then they broke Just, away. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and then they played later that day, right? Mm-hmm. Later, later that day, they had to go play the number one team in the country. Beat them 5-3. And they won. I mean, just a, a gutsy performance. And then, of course, the, the Big Ten Player of the Year, Spencer Schwellenbach, delivering four and a half or, yeah, four and a third inning, I think mm-hmm. it was. I mean, as a closer, I think that was the most innings he pitched all year and just came in clutch. And what a performance. And, you know, I hate to be this guy, but I have to be. It just pains me that they got put in that regional. Yeah, I mean – it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to be proud of. And, you know, they battle their butts off. But, man, it's it's just tough to see when the Big Ten, Nebraska, didn't get the chance to compete in out-of-conference games, which obviously hurt them in postseason mm-hmm. play because they were ranked in every poll in the top 20. And they got the 32nd overall seed, which is, you know – there's a reason for it, and I would say, in in my opinion, and what it seems like to me is because of those non-conference games weren't played, and when you watch them play and the way they were able to compete against the number one team in the country wow. who swept the entire SEC, be able to hang with those guys, I think it's fair to say that they deserved probably a better seat. Yeah, and it's kind of upsetting, too, because I don't think it's just baseball, but even college football and basketball, NCAA likes to go off a lot of the eye test as well. And Nebraska passed that. I mean, you can't sit there and say they aren't a good baseball team. Yeah, and especially now. You know, you shouldn't have been saying that stuff before, but after what they've proven in postseason play, I think it's pretty evident that they were a damn good baseball yeah. team. They were not the 32nd best team no. in the country. And, and they get the boys fired up. I mean, shoot, they, the energy they play with is um, it's special, and I hope they realize, realize it. I know they do. I, mean, I know they're proud of what they've accomplished this year. They should be. I mean, you know, Jackson Hallmark hitting that homer and stomping on home plate. Oh, yeah. I mean, they weren't scared to play anyone. No. They went in there and were guns ablazing, ready to go, and you got to appreciate them for that. Yeah, I mean, this team was different than, let's say, the 2017 Big Ten championship team, and that's no knock on them and the accomplishments they had. It was just this team was just so unique in its swagger and its mm. not-die attitude and just say, we'll play anyone. Yeah. You love to see it, and I know I'm not the only one, you're not the only one that's really excited to see where this program's going to go, despite um, some of the losses that that they're going to have the next year. You know, I have some older guys like Joe mm-hmm. Acker who are going to go on and uh, play at the next level, move on from Nebraska, who have contributed a ton to the program. So still a lot to be excited about in the direction it's going with Will Bolt and uh, the staff at the helm. I have a feeling this isn't a peak. This is a launching point. It's mm, a good way to put it. Like that. Nebraska baseball, great season, and surely a great future. Coming up, 
Cameron Jurgens speaking with us. Episode two of Athletes Unfiltered. Don't go away. It's bloody up ahead. And now, as we move into the main segment of Episode 2 of Athletes Unfiltered, we welcome the most interesting man in the world, Cam Jurgens. Cam, how you doing? Good. I don't know about it. Very interesting, but... Oh, yeah. Pretty interesting, yeah. Pretty interesting guy, you know. Rides, rides what, water skis, casually wrestles bulls. You know, apparently he's a scratch golfer now. You know, I've seen it, but I'll have to... See it again soon. See how good he is. If he's just talking smack. Cam is the man of many firsts. First guest here on Athletes Unfiltered and was the first freshman, redshirt or true, to start at center for Nebraska. And Cam, thanks for coming along for us on this second episode. I think naturally we should start with your golf game. You mentioned your golf game. How it's good? the driver. It's yeah. the driver Adrian, for how good you know, is he Cam? He lets the club do the work. You know, as as the phrase goes, and he's a big, strong guy. You just gotta make good contact. That driver's going three hundred. It's easy. He's got the touch. He's a natural athlete. You know, no doubt. I mean, I play <laughs> tailor-made clubs. They're the best out there, the best equipment. So they help me out a little bit. But it's came a long way this summer. I mean, pretty much. I think I've gone like every day these last couple of weeks. Did you ever end up getting that job? No. No, no. We're, they we're didn't give it, about it. They didn't give you the job. We're not talking about. Okay, so to a a golf course um, that will remain uh, remain unnamed, um, Cam wanted to get a job. Wanted to maybe get on the course a couple times. Maybe get a little free golf, help out around the course. You know, and would you send in your application? You know, no job experience. First off, no job experience. Sends in an application like, yeah, can't work during the week, can't work on the weekends, but like maybe a couple nights on Tuesday, Thursday, yeah, like, or something like that. Like, come on, worker at the at the place is like, yeah, we could get you in for that, blah blah blah. Apparently, news to me, they shut you down. Yeah, show up twice, and then like she's like, oh, did uh, so and so call? Yeah, I'm like, nope, nope. And she's like, what? Are you serious? She's like, we definitely need more people working here. I'm like, all right, well, still waiting on a call. Month or two later. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Month oh, or boy. two later, yeah, no callbacks. Probably a, a surefire sign that you're not getting the job. Hate to say it is it. what it is. I mean, I feel like if I got a job, it's just going to take more time away from golfing. So, mm. Yeah, totally. Great mindset. Great mindset. You already got a bunch of football stuff to worry about, you know. Yeah. Speaking of which um, – Let's talk about your recruiting process. Let's talk about your commitment to the Huskers and kind of what that timeline looked like for you and, and what made you pull the trigger. Uh, well, it was pretty early for me. Uh, I got offered the summer going into my sophomore year, mm. and then I committed that summer like probably a month after the offer just because like growing up in Nebraska, I mean, it was just kind of like a dream come true. Um, huge fan, and it's just like – it's just kind of in your blood. If you grow up in Nebraska, you're just always a huge fan of all Husker sports. And it's like, I never miss a Saturday. I'm never going to not watch the Huskers play. And so, like, I couldn't imagine myself playing for another uniform. So, mm. I think it was kind of a no-brainer. I don't know why I waited 
like even a month. Like I think I'd, <laughs> I, I could have committed on yeah, the spot. You knew but, what you wanted to do. And, and you got to kind of like commit to the school because if you commit to a coaching staff, like coaching staffs leave, you know, stuff like that. Mm. And I feel like if you commit to the school and to the state, then like you're going to, you're going to stick around a little longer. It means a little bit more when you're from a, from the area. That's that's a really good point you bring up, and that's something I remember hearing in the recruiting process. But it's hard for these young kids to make that type of decision and not base it off off uh, the people, you know, within the building. I think we're fortunate enough to have kind of the best of both worlds, and where you have a school that's definitely worth playing for in Nebraska, a lot of tradition and history behind it, with a ton of people involved and a great state full of support. But you also have a staff who has deep roots in Nebraska, who cares about the school and who is truly invested in it. But you go other places, and, and I mean, I was, I don't want to say a victim, but I definitely fell in the trap of, you know, I committed to Tennessee, and I loved the staff and what this and that was going to be, and um, they got fired. And I was like, ah, oh, well, I don't really want to go there anymore, and without even realizing it, you know, I kind of got lucky and Nebraska happened for me and it was great, but so many kids that happens to where if you go someplace, it's not exactly what you expected. If you love the school and you committed to the school and wanted to be a part of that, then there usually isn't an issue. Yeah, it's hard to draw the line between committing to the person compared to the institution. And both of you experienced that. And Cam, you committed really early. Mike Riley was head coach and then Later in the recruiting process, he was let go. Tell us how that went, and what was your thinking process between that of the coaching changes and still committing to Nebraska? Yeah, um, Mike Riley was actually let go on the same time I took my official visit to LSU. It was like the it was like during the game day, right after the game, he got let go, and I'm like, "Well, that's that's interesting." And I'm on my convenient visit down timing, there. convenient timing. And I mean, I loved it down at LSU. Like, I really, I really wanted to go there, honestly. But at the end of the day, like, I'm from Nebraska, and that's not going to change. And it just takes a, I don't know. I mean, I was pretty, I was kind of committed to LSU for a little bit. Like in my head, I was kind of going back and forth. But when Coach Frost and uh, Coach Rude came and visited me, uh, you could just tell it's it's different for them. You know, it's it's not just a school it's the whole it's the whole state you know they want to write this program because it means more to them you know they're from nebraska and they played here and so now like come full circle when they're coaching here it just matters to them you know it's not just a pit stop on the road to a higher job or success it's like this is where they want to be the rest of their lives and i could just tell that not necessarily what they're saying but how they're saying it and you know how they felt about it and just how they talked it was just different than just a a coach trying to recruit you or give you a a pitch yeah was was there any specific phrase or sentence or something he said that kind of set your mind to nebraska again i don't know if there's really a phrase or anything but you can tell it's genuine what they're saying and and the passion in their voices and uh, there's some truth behind their words, which is something you de- definitely don't always get in the recruiting process. Um, so you get to Nebraska, you meet a bunch of great guys in the 2018 class, like myself, you know, 
There's a few of us left. There's a few of us left. There's a few. There's a few. Um, But you came in as a tight end. And in high school, you played every position but offensive line. Yeah, O-line was the only thing I haven't played. Which is ironic. Which is nuts. Um, Check it off the box. Yeah, talk about (laughs) – check it off the box. Just all around. Can do it all. But talk about that transition, um, probably your initial – Maybe disappointment even, but then realization that, man, I could be special at this position and um, Coach G and the staff and everything else. Yeah, I mean, I come in here as tight end and, like, I work my ass off right away to learn learn the offense and I'm working with the coaches every day to learn the routes, the schemes and everything and went through summer, fall camp, and then, like, get into the season – and uh, Coach Frost comes and sets me down after one of the practices. And I had a pretty good practice, but, I mean, had a lot of good blocks at that practice, I will say. And then he just sets me down, and he's, like, asking me some questions. I'm thinking about him, like, oh, shit, like, is he going to ask me to go to D-line or something? Like, <laughs> what's the deal? I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. And then he goes, like, what What does it mean for you to play for Nebraska? Like, what? what does that mean to you? Oh, boy, he was setting you up there. Yeah, and it's just like – Cam was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where it was headed, and I'm just like, this is this is weird, a little random. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I just want to want to make this state proud, you know. I'm like, I'm going to do everything I can for this team. And whatever I can do to help the team the best is where I want to be at. And, like – because I was thinking in my head, like, all right, maybe I'm going to defense, maybe the D line, outside backer. We'll see. And then it's just like, I kind of, and he's like, I want you at center next year and like moving over to O line. And like, first thought in my mind is like, there's no way I can gain this much weight. Like, you did it. I mean, I was probably about 250, and I was just thinking, it's like, I don't know if I want to gain up to like 290 and weigh that much. So, like, he, he just said, like, think it over. And then, like, a couple weeks go by. I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to cut weight. I dropped down 235. <laughs> Eating salads for breakfast, <laughs> yeah. lunch, and dinner. I got pretty lean. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, week four or so of the season, I in the morning, Coach Beck's like, hey, Cam, you're in the O-line room this morning for meetings. I'm like, all right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> Made it happen from there. Yeah. And then probably towards the end of the season, I ended up breaking my foot. So, like, I had a lot of time to – I mean, I just went in, lifted weights every day, drank a lot of protein shakes, and I think I put on, like, 40 pounds in two months. So, like, it really go. doesn't take much time, I guess, yeah. when you're putting your effort into it. But you didn't – so that off season, I mean, you had a little bit of the summer to prep and play for that season, right? I mean, you didn't have a lot of – now that I can remember, you really didn't have a lot of reps. No. You probably had a couple weeks' worth of reps. I mean, am I wrong? Oh, I would say almost le- – like – full healthy reps like I feel like half the time I was like a I little was injured and I was yeah. like making that transition and that's just tough because like some people learn visual learners and then some people like kind of learn by, on the like, job you on know? the job and yeah. I feel like that's kind of how I am I need to get those actual reps in practice and I think I had like less than a dozen like full healthy practices mm. before like that first game so more or less like I I was watching practice getting everything down for the scheme but when you're just thrown in the fire, some things just go a little faster than what they are, and it just takes time for it to slow down. And I feel like that's kind of how those first few games 
partly season went. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure, which is understandable. Yeah, but you adjusted brutal. well and and performed well and have uh, come a long way. Yeah, like instead we got a lot of a lot of yeah. room to grow, a lot of yeah, a lot of time to get better. Yeah, and I'm excited for the future. But yeah, it's just it's been a long change. Uh, a lot of it's just it's a lot of mental at center because we got to be making our calls and we got to get the guys around us. Yeah, I mean, you're, what you're learning a, a whole different piece of the offense. You know that there's kind of the pass game and I don't know the skill position type of stuff. You know, when you're a tight end, you're learning the routes and you're learning some blocking schemes. But the offensive line is like a whole nother language. I say you're just focused on the certain side of the tight end is going to be on for that. Mm. Move to center, and all of a sudden you're in charge of. One of the guys right there. Yeah, for and he's in charge of that. The rest of that unit, pretty much, making sure they're going the right direction and the right calls are being made. I mean, he's the the base in that, you know. Yeah, and it takes it just takes those live reps to slow things down for you, and it's slowed down a lot. And a lot of guys just see it and it's just like, all right, well, the center's got a job. He has to snap the ball. But I mean, there's a little bit more. That comes into it, but no doubt snapping is the first thing you do. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, you've received a, a fair share of criticism about the snaps, and I know personally that you're working your ass off, get that thing right, and you've already made a ton of improvements. So I know you want to touch on it a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's just like that's something that's been bugging me. It's just like that's the number one thing that needs to be done and needs to be fixed. And it's just like when I see there's a bad snap, it, yeah. it bugs me. It's not In like, your personal game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm not working to get that better because I'm working my ass off to fix things and make everything perfect. And that's just something that comes with time, you know. Like I've I've never snapped a football before this last couple of years. So, like, just getting those reps in and getting those, like, live reps is what helps. And it's gotten way better, you know, changing different things here and there. But just mentally being focused and dialed into everything, it's just uh, when there's a lot going on and when it's, things are getting sped up, then, like, some things can fall on the wayside, like snaps or something like that. But when I'm getting all these reps and things are starting to slow down around me, it's like there's we're not going to have those problems. Yeah, and, I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit deeper than people like to kind of think of it as, you know. As a center in, and in our offense, things can be sped up really on the, you know, flip of a dime like it happens that quick and we can be going from a slow play to a tempo play and cam has to make a call and get these guys set and oh there's a blitzing linebacker off the left edge and and i'm like let's go cam let's go we got to snap the ball right right Mm -hmm. you know snap the ball and cam's like oh i gotta pull and go get this guy off the left edge while snapping the ball and worried about this and that and i mean especially as a guy who is learning the position still and figuring it all out we're getting those reps. He's finally getting those reps of doing all those types of things. And it's not as easy as one may think, you know. But it's getting fixed, and we're not going to have these problems going forward. I mean, hell yeah. I'm tired of hearing my name in the news about it and seeing that shit on Twitter. We just want to see pancake blocks. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Let's say, yeah, Cam, how do you deal with all that criticism? I mean, you've had your fair share. How do you try to block that out and just deal with that mentally? Because, I mean, at some point, it gets a little taxing. Yeah, I mean, Adrian, you know, like, yeah, definitely having that criticism all the time on Twitter. I mean, Husker Husker fans are awesome, but there's just a select few that are just ridiculous. 
we can talk about that plenty. <laughs> like we will. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we can talk about that plenty, and you know, it it kind of comes with the territory. And if you're gonna love the good, you gotta deal with the bad. You know, and that happens, I think, across the, the country. And hell, I think uh, winning more will help. And also, we talked about it. I know last podcast, but that one guy, that one guy in the comment section. There's that guy in real life. He's not going away. We could go undefeated and win the national championship next year, and. Mm-hmm. That guy is still going to be there in the oh, comments. Oh, you didn't beat this team by three touchdowns. Still, yeah, you what, know, are you, what are you doing? There's a negative Nancy everywhere. You know, those those people aren't going away, and that's just kind of their worldview. And if they really take a ton of pleasure in coming at kids on Twitter, hey, kudos to you, man. That's what gets you going. Mm-hmm. That's what gets you going. But I'm going to keep playing football. Yeah, and, like, we just kind of got to take a step back and look like, all right, we're out here playing this game and these guys are watching us and they're tweeting at us like where are they where are we at and like should we should we be listening to these guys yeah should we put value into their opinions and i mean i think that takes maturity too you know Mm -hmm. it's hard to at first when you come from high school whatever you come in and it's a lot bigger than you think initially you know i know we've touched on it but a lot bigger than you think you come in and like everyone has an opinion about everything and you don't necessarily know how to value these things the right way properly, you know? And I think that's kind of life too. You know, you can, everyone's going to have something to say, but you get to choose who you're listening to and who you actually value their Mm -hmm. input. And so that for us, like Cam, that's our coaches, you know, maybe that's me for Cam when I'm like, Hey bro, snap over here, you know, whatever. Or Cam's like, be a little louder. Need you to do this or that. Like, yeah, we're going to listen to what we have to say, but you know, whatever, Joe Schmo Husker 36 on Twitter. It's it's just about learning, you know. Yeah, yeah we got to be worried about like people on the team, people in our building and people around us. I mean, you can't go through life thinking like, "Oh, I need everybody to love me. I need everybody to respect me. I need everybody to think what I'm doing is right." Cuz it's not always like that. You're going to have haters with whatever you do. No doubt. No doubt. And that's I mean, people are different, you know. We, like one of my buddies, uh, shout out Brody Belt, but um, we could bleep this out. But he doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks, and it's like it's great, you know, and it works for him. Then some people, you know, like they care about what everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. And you come to a place like this, you got to just figure that out for yourself. Like, what's that balance for you? Because people are different, you know. Some some people just want to be loved, you know. And you got to balance. Okay, like all these fans in the stands are gonna love me. They're not going to love me 100% of the time, all the time. Like, I got to do right by the guy next to me, by the guys in the building. And that takes, you know, maturity and that takes time. Yeah, and I find it interesting, too, because both of you guys were heralded recruits out of your respective high schools. And I bet the criticism was still partly there, but probably not as loud as when you guys arrived here in Lincoln on a bigger stage. And now all those negative voices and criticism became a little louder. Yeah, 100%. And... You know, it comes with the territory and it comes with the opportunity. I mean, shoot, it's a great opportunity and it, and a place that is hard to top anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's to be expected almost. You know, let's win some more games. Let's win some more games and there's more positivity. Another thing you got to look at is, like, these guys coming at you on Twitter, are they, are they just talking shit on Twitter because they're scared to talk to you in person? You know? How many should be scared to talk to you? Yeah, like how many times has somebody came up to you? Okay, never mind. (laughs) And then like, like if you're shopping at Shields or somewhere in Lincoln, like have you ever had a bad encounter with a Husker fan? 
I think I've only had positive and great encounters with fans. It's either like a parent coming up here or there, like, hey, we're huge supporters. Like, my kids look up to you. You guys are great role models. Keep doing your thing. It's just like, like, that's what we see in person, you know? I've never had bad encounters, like, in person with uh, guys. It's always through social media, you know? Yeah. But the real, the real fans out there, they're the ones that are out there for you, and they're going to tell you when they see you in person. But, like, the guys that are just negative Nancys and just love to talk shit, they're, they're scared. You know, they're little cowards behind their little screens. Like, they're not going to do anything in person, you know? It I'd love, I'd is. love to see it though. If anyone's out there feeling, feeling ballsy, I'll say if they have the guts, go ahead, take your shot with Cam Jerks. <laughs> 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 I just want to be there when it happens. Well, Cam, as we move forward onto another question that we have for you here, I mean, obviously the quarterback center relationship is important in any offense across football, college football. But with the type of offense you guys run with a lot of pre-snap motions and just stuff like that, I mean, it's got to even be more closer between you two in terms of chemistry and getting the timing right. I mean, how important is that? I mean, it's really important, you know, like we got to be on page with everything. You know, if we're cha- if I'm trying to change the protection to a certain way and then he says, no, nah, like we, we need to have this and we're, we're going to talk it out on the sideline and we need to be on the same page because if we're not, like – the offense is run through Adrian, you know, and like if the O line's not on the same page as the backfield, it's going to be a mess. And I yeah. feel like as we've gone through and like worked through things, we've both like gained our uh, gained a little football knowledge, so we're able to like see things a lot easier, and we're able to kind of read defenses and talk, you know, a little more lingo back and forth. Yeah, definitely. I think a big thing too is we've gotten better. Um, better at like off the field communication and I don't mean like at home chilling I mean on the sideline when we get back from a possession or whatever and it's a three and out or say we go down and score like hey you know go talk to the O-line like either you guys are doing a great job or hey we need you better here like what are you seeing this and that continuing to stay on the same page and I think that's where Cam and I definitely benefit from like our friendship off the field because if something you know real needs to be said it'll be said mm-hmm. and I think that's something that's necessary um, in our dynamic, necessary like in, in any football kind of relationship or um, chemistry-wise, like not afraid to keep each other accountable. No doubt. And, like, it's not only built, like, on the field, like Adrian was saying. Like, this stuff is built off. I mean, when I showed up in Lincoln, like, just came here, like, we've been boys since day one. Like, No doubt. The relationship's just built from there. And uh, yeah. one time this man, he took me to Beatrice – uh, really pickerel, you know, just outside of Beatrice, and we're just me and a couple other buddies. We we're at his house. You guys have a farm there, right? It's like a farm. Yeah, it's a farm. So we go around on like this little—I don't even know what to call it—like sort of four wheeler, but not really. Like he had a couple of them. We were just roaming around. It's called, it's called a jeep. A jeep. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. It, <laughs> it looked a little weird. It's, it's an older jeep. Okay, super old jeep. Super old jeep. Anyways, not the point of the story. What are those uh oh gosh, I shouldn't even be saying this on the air. I sound so not Nebraskan, but big uh like hey uh oh, hey, it was a, the, the no, what are they called? Like the it was big possum. No, was no, that possum? I'm getting to that. What are you I'm, talking about? I'm getting to that. I'm talking about the big rolls of hay. Oh, a hay bale. Hay bale. Hay bale. Couldn't think of it. Oh my hay, goodness. Hay bale. So you know, 
I see them all the time in commercials and stuff, you know, whatever. I've never been out on a farm like that. So I go and try and, like, push this thing. I'm like, holy shit, this is heavy. You know, this is some real shit. Like, I can see why Cam's just built, like, a freaking tree, you know, like, thighs, like a – you know what I'm saying? Dude just built. He must have been pushing things and just lifting a bunch of shit on the farm. All right, move on to the next part of the story. We're just hanging out. All of all the guys are hanging out, like, no biggie. And we see this, like – weird animal crawl up the tree we're like what the hell so we all like go run out we all like run out there like what is that you know just hanging out all of a sudden just a big bam this dude cam shoots the animal out of the tree <laughs> didn't tell anyone what was going on all just freak out you know like what the hell this possum looking thing flies down from the tree and i was like man what some nebraskan shit right here cam is that guy you know as nebraska as it gets you gotta love it and that, yeah. that was from day one that was like freshman year yeah it is what it is it's how i was raised on the farm like i love it i love it. there's no there's no hate here i love it oh yeah uh no doubt i mean that's how i was growing up you know i would did a lot of hunting and fishing as a kid but like i had to help on the farm all the time whether it was either hauling hay or stacking bales moving cattle or you know chopping firewood like that was just some of the chores we had to do. Mm, my chores were like picking up the poop and, you know, pulling weeds and taking out the trash. Yeah. And that wasn't, wasn't really building up my strength there. I feel like that's dual purpose, <laughs> what all the stuff Cam's doing. It just sounds a lot better than what I was doing, you know. Yeah, most of my childhood, we didn't even have, like, garbage trucks. We had to go burn our own trash on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> this even, dude, sob story. Let me, let me get out the little violin for this guy. He probably didn't even know people on the farm had to do that. <laughs> you know, I didn't. That's actually the first time I'm hearing it, so um, That's I'm learning. You have I'm to learning burn too. your own trash. Yeah. Yeah, the garbage trucks can't be everywhere, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. It makes sense now that I'm really thinking about it. Well, how far is Pickerel outside of Beatrice? Oh, it's not too far. Like, 15 20 minutes oh okay so you're kind of you are kind of out there though nah, enough it's not too bad he's out there enough to where the garbage <laughs> the garbage <laughs> trucks don't go to his house so he's out there <laughs> that's crazy good to know i mean it's for general knowledge i guess gotta love it good. yes sir i just love the quote it is what it is burning your own trash shooting possums cam jurgens on athletes unfiltered episode two take a break come back We'll do the mail back. Some interesting questions coming up. Athletes Unfiltered. Welcome back. Athletes Unfiltered. We are moving into the Cam Jurgens mailbag we got some good ones we'll start with i think it's just most natural to start with will compton he put in the comments and asked a question to cam ask him cam if he's for the boys and if so what's the most important shift he's made to become a better teammate i would say without a doubt i'm for the boys for the boys i'm a wolf uh (laughs) i would say making being the best teammate i could be and being for the boys is you know, being there for the guys outside of, you know, football, being it, being there for them outside of just a locker room, you know, and like 
being a leader for the guys, stepping up and talking. It's not always like you don't always have to have one tone. It's not yeah, always it doesn't always look the same. Yeah, you doesn't know, always look people the same. need to. If you're a leader, you need to read a room. You mm. know, you need to be able to know when you need to yell at a guy or you need to you need to pull him aside and talk to him. And I think that's something I've kind of stepped up as as being a leader. So a, you you'd say that's something boy. you've learned yeah. throughout this process and, and being in the position you're in now. I mean, being a center on the football team is as leader as it gets. You know, on the mm-hmm. old line, on the offense, on the team. There's different ways to lead, you know, and seeing yeah. examples of other people and how you should do it and how you shouldn't. There's there's better ways to do it. I'm gonna and, put you on. I'm gonna put you on the yeah. spot right now. Um, what would you say to me? You know, I need to step up my game. What are you saying to me? I mean, I think I think you're doing great, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a hype. Oh, I'm a hype. You hype me. All you're right. right, dude. He's got me figured out. He's got me figured out. <laughs> I'm always hyping you up, dude. <laughs> I love. If that. I need to tear you down, I will. But I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I will hype you up. Oh man. Awesome. Well, our next question from Jake Thomas: If you and Adrian had to switch jobs for a game, who do you think would do a better job? Would Cam be a better quarterback than Adrian would be a center? This one should be fascinating. Well, I'm just going to put this out here. Adrian did not play center in high school. I did play a little quarterback in high school, so I do have some experience. Cam's version of quarterback is Tim Tebow. Wildcat. With, with Wildcat. Tim Tebow won Heisman. In the NFL without even throwing a football. He's like the Navy quarterback. They don't throw the ball. They run the option, and the dude just – Runs power. You know, no disrespect to pass Husker option game, but Cam in in our offense is not. Repeat is not playing quarterback. Me though, I think I could throw on an extra, I don't know, like eighty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw on eighty casually. pounds easy, super casually, and freaking just work my tail off down there. You know, I don't have the best natural blocking skills. Um, or natural strength. You know, I didn't grow up on a farm, but I can say I know the offense. I'm a workhorse, and look, I'm going to lead our guys. I'm going to lead our guys. I'm going to do a great job under center. Or not under center. Shoot, I'm used to that. At center. I don't know, dude. I feel like I feel like I got a little bit of skill. I could catch a ball. I can pass it off. I can run it down the middle. I might not be a pocket passer. But do you have like the grit and the nastiness? <laughs> do I have the grit? Do you have that grit to be I got a the hog juice. down there? Are you going to be a hog? I don't I'm know. I'm going to be a hog. I got the hog blood running through me right now. I could do it right now. Right now. I don't do know you, if I feel the nastiness. Do you have the finesse? The finesse to throw the ball down the field in a tight window. Over the shoulder, while, corner of the end zone type touchdown pass. D lineman's outstretched arms are about to get around you. You're about to get hit. Do you have the guts to the grit to sit in the pocket and make the throw? No, nah, dude, I have the grit to just pull it and run it and get a first down. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Sometimes we'll make it, work. it depends. <laughs> Finesse on the throws, not so much. Finesse with a little flop shot on the course, maybe a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what about this next one? We got another one from. Thomas Allen, who would eat the most Big Macs amongst the offensive linemen? What would the over-under be for how many? Okay, yeah, so we talked about this. What exactly – so a Big Mac is three three buns, yes. two patties? Yes, two patties. What is a patty wow. like a – is it like a quarter pounder together? I don't even know what, what a qu- – a quarter pounder is what, like two patties? I mean, three patties? 
is like a quarter of a pound of meat. So like okay. this guy, freaking Captain Obvious over here. Three. So I looked it up. <laughs> I had to look it up. The Big Mac consists of two 1.6 ounces beef patties. Okay. So two of those. So 45.4 grams of beef patties is what it says. So how much? How, okay. How many so pound conversion is. <laughs> uh, well, let's just, you know what? We'll let Jeff, you know, he's kind of looking at the Big Mac quarter pound comparison. Either way. Let's see. We got I we mean, got Piper. I, I think ben there's Hart. an obvious answer. I think you put all the linemen together, and you're gonna have them. You're telling them what's gonna happen a couple days in advance. If Ethan Piper puts his mind to it, nobody is eating more Big Macs than that man. Wow. And I'm not sure the over under. Maybe like seven or so. What about Keegan? I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm I'm saying I've heard some stories of Pipe, and I've seen this man put down some ridiculous amount of food. But he's not always like he's not always eating the most. But mm. if he wanted to, he would. If he wanted to, so some man versus food type of stuff, you know. Yeah. So what about what about Turner Corcoran? Does he got it got it in him to down a couple more than a couple? I'm putting Turner's Ten? over under at one and a half. One and a half. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's disrespectful. I'm just that's, that's, Turner, that, maybe that, two that's and a half. We're not going to tell Turner anything about this part of the interview and see if he just figures it out for himself. I hope someone someone tweeted him for me. And it, just out of context, so I have no idea. He's Don't worry, we'll put, a, we'll put out a poll. Guy. Who knows? He's dude. a Burger King guy? He's a Burger King guy. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard of someone being a Burger King guy. One, yeah, of my, one of my roommates is a Burger King guy, and only because – so there's a lot of coupons, like, in the newspaper for Burger King, I guess, and he does, like – I think are they the 4 for 4? Is that Wendy's? Wendy's, Wendy's is 4 Wendy's. for 4. But Wendy's Burger King has some sort of deal. Yeah, I guess they all do, but I don't know why. There, there's the rare breed of the Burger King guys out there. Rare breed, though, for sure. So, what about the over/under? What are you What are you putting it at? How many do you think he can get down? I honestly don't even know if I've ate a Big Mac. Gosh, that's I terrible. don't even know. Have you? I'm sure I have somewhere along the line. I it was funny because like I don't know. I mean, if it's like pretty decent size, I bet he's like seven and a half or so. Jeez. Like he's putting down the most on the O line, no doubt. It was like when I was a kid, my. My dad was a little cheap sometimes when we go out to eat. If we rolled up, it was so funny. We'd be rolling up to McDonald's, and he's like, all right, you guys can order whatever you want off the dollar menu. And it's just like, oh, can I have a Big Mac? No, you can order off the dollar menu. <laughs> so instead of my dad, like, maybe ordering, like, a one Big Mac meal, or what, maybe it's like 6 $7, he'll order, like, three McChickens, three bur like three uh single ba- single patty burgers and it's, and it's like a couple like apple pies i'm like dad that's like ten dollars right there could have just got a regular meal but no we're ordering off the dollar menu because we're saving money you know what i'm saying oh yeah that's just the motto man it's the it's mindset the just saving money did you want to hear a funny story my grandpa <laughs> hopefully he doesn't hear this poor guy but is like afraid of the drive-thru you know, like old-fashioned type of guy. He went in the drive-through one time. I don't know, maybe when it was first coming out. Like, he's kind of, you know, he's my grandpa. He's kind of old. You know, goes through, spills this whole order out, like the whole family, the whole deal, and then the person on the other end goes, "So what can I take for your order?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> he just never let it go. Ne- wow. Never went back in his entire life. Like, I don't know if that's pettiness, like determination. I don't know, but. 
to this day. And I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, Grandpa, let's go through the drive-thru. Like, come on, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, like, we're not doing that. We're going inside. <laughs> we're going <laughs> inside and getting our meal. I mean, that's, that's some grit that's right there. And that is why I could play center, play center. period. Okay. It's in my blood. Okay. <laughs> I, see, I see the correlation. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if this changes anything, but the Big Mac says that it's just a little smaller. It's like half uh, 0.05 uh, pounds of less meat on the Big Mac than the double double quarter pounder. Oh, does that change it? I don't know. It Maybe could, it could move the needle on the over under, but like is it just, is it? Just it's not going to change anything. It doesn't seem like it's a huge. Piper's difference. still my outright winner. I'll mm. put it out there like that. Who's give me second, third then? Second. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I'd be up there in a category, but maybe maybe second, Brock Bando. Mm. Brock could definitely put down some food. And then I'd probably shout out Henry, too. Henry. That dude young, is Young massive. king, sleeper. Yeah, he is a, just a tank of a dude. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen a freshman just come in. I mean, he was yeah. huge from the jump. And he's living next to a Freddy's now, and I've seen a, I've seen, <laughs> seen some snaps of him just destroying a Freddy's. Like they're probably getting some business now. Get, get beefy, beef jerky, you know. My goodness. Wow, some great stories here in Athletes Unfiltered. Cam Jurgens mailbag. After this, we'll go to Tweets Unfiltered. Welcome back. Second episode of Athletes Unfiltered. And we go into our favorite segment of the show, Tweets Unfiltered, looking at the most nonsensical, stupid tweets there is around the internet. And Cam, you have a pretty good one. You are itching to tell us here. So, this is, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking back on this. I'm like, this is just incredible and hilarious at the same time. So... I think it was like a Friday or Saturday, but like, you know, we're college, we're college students. We play football, but you know, we also live a fun college life and we're going to go out. When, when did this take place again? Is this in like this winter? Yeah. I think it was after the season. Yeah. Like, most winter definitely after the season. Oh yeah. Winter conditioning. So yeah. Yeah. Like January yeah. or yeah. February, maybe it's probably like before you even started lifting, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like after, right after the season, but we went out, went out to the bars with some of the boys and we're like we're having a good time and then just enjoying ourselves like you know we're college students we're going to we're going to have fun from now now and then you know we're not playing football 24/7 yeah as no. much as it is a job like it isn't you know like we're still going to school we're still college students we're 18 to 22 year olds trying to live their best life and have some fun responsible way yeah. like you know you have a duty and a reason you came to the school like you have to play football there's some things you got to follow up on you don't get to live a normal college life but like come on like if you're of age we're gonna go to the bars every now and again and we're gonna go out and have some fun with our teammates whatever yeah and fast forward like wake up the next day i'm looking at my phone i get a notification on twitter and it's like you know econ club i'm like what like what is this a slide slide up on it and it's there you know econ club's main account and they tweet at me at Cameron Jurgens 
why don't you stop boozing at the bar and start working on your snaps? I'm like, is, is this real right now? Like, what? I'm like, <laughs> an so official account. There's, there's a dude out there running UNL Econ Club that saw me at the bar and just, you know, must have had an opinion, but, you know. He, he must have he, been he, hammered is what he must, must have been. Must have been a little too scared to just come up and say something in my face. So he must have got home that night. Before he laid to bed, he's like, oh, I, I got to tweet at him. I got to tweet at him. And he just must have just like, oh, I don't really care what account it is. Just, so I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, I know we all have our uh, – the football guys have some interesting stories from the bars. You know, like one time uh, I was just hanging out with some friends. Uh, we were just chilling kind of in the corner. Like we weren't out on the dance floor or anything. We were just hanging out kind of by the bar. And this other group was biased, and they're kind of looking over, and you know things like that tend to happen, whatever. And one of the guys, or she, this one girl, like comes up to me, and she's like, "Hey, like, are you Adrian?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm Adrian." She's like, "Adrian Martinez?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's me." So she goes back to her friends for like a couple seconds or whatever, and then she comes back. She's like, "Um, you need to th- learn how to throw better." I kind of just look at her like almost dumbfounded like you really you really just came to me you took time away from my friends come over here and tell me that like it's some sort of joke like I'm supposed to laugh I just looked at her <laughs> and I was like <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was like what I was like what did you expect me to say <laughs> you just shake your hand like wow thank congrats you. Thank, thank you you, you know what you're right and you know what she, I could learn to throw better. I am. That's what we practice for. I'm not freaking Aaron Rodgers out here right now, but I'm, I'm trying to be. That's what I'm working to be. But if you think I need to hear that from some girl in a bar on a random Saturday night and whenever, like what, what, what did she expect to get out of that conversation? It's yeah. kind of what I'm curious about. Right. What did the UNL Econ Club account expect yeah. to get out of that? Probably not this. They're, they're probably getting more right now. They're getting a ton of exposure. I mean, hey, throw throw a follow at UNL Econ Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. Don't follow them. Unfollow them. Unfollow them. If you are, I mean, I doubt that you are. But I think I'm going to follow them because I am an econ minor, and I do have a lot of econ f- friends, you know, great professor in there. But whoever's running that account, man, we got to talk. We got to be better than that. Come Unreal. on. I mean, I'm a science science major, so I guess science. But say, and, I'm uh, like, you get a notification econ. from econ, and you're a science yeah. major. You're like, what is going on here? Bro, I, I thought I it was a canvas message, and it <laughs> didn't really <laughs> science and econ beef so much. But it oh, is a ton what of beef, ton of beef, huge beef now. <laughs> Whatever, but it's just like little things like that. It's like, why why would this person see me and just like doesn't want to say anything? And then goes home and then tweets at me and then like oh it gets maybe two likes and then deletes it two days later <laughs> like nice bro I still still saw it it like, was worth it <laughs> yeah it's it's hilarious like we get laughs out of it like I mean you can't take any of these Twitter stuff that seriously like honestly like if I see something I think it's funny like I'm I'm gonna laugh at it I think one of the funny ones that came out was like on my uh, the video, uh, my beef jerky branding video they made for me came out and like, there was a bunch of comments like good and bad. And like, one of them was like, so he's called beef jerky now. And like, if, if he snaps the ball over Adrian's head, can we call him air jerky? <laughs> and like, I'm like, all right, damn, that's pretty funny. That's pretty, like, that's I, pretty good. I'm going to laugh at that. Like, it's good. Uh, that was, it was clever. It's clever. I'll give you that. No doubt. 
appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, air let's jerky, hope baby. there's no air jerky, but we'll see. No, no air jerky. Don't want that happening. Only on the on the only on the basketball court, dude can get up. You can throw it down, right? Can oh, you yeah. still throw it down? Yeah, yeah I can like, still dunk. Still dunk? Yeah, I might not be able to do as many tricks as I could in high school, but I can dunk. This dude's all talk. He couldn't do any tricks. She. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to play him. He was probably a bully in the paint. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> might not have been rebounding super monster. skillful, but you know, yeah, I would have picked his I pockets got after it. Oh man. Yeah, you probably would have picked my pocket. Oh uh, yeah, I'd say this to all the guys all the time from Nebraska, kind of just to give them some shit. But I'm like, oh, my basketball team would have ran you guys. We would have just destroyed you. And they're like, no, no bro, no, I would maybe. hope so. You're from California. Your school's huge. Yeah, <laughs> here the we go. Small. Like, what do you expect? I don't no. care if you're C one or not. Class, well, class what, C, what, whatever. How big was your graduating class, Adrian? Um, probably like twenty six hundred. Oh my That's goodness. Not- it, we were Division One, so that's your class. Was we, we'd be like Class A here. Okay, so we, not, we'd be in the highest division, but that's not too bad because I think now some schools are reaching two thousand. Yeah, some schools mm-hmm. are big out there though. We were one of the smaller-ish, <laughs> so we were one of the smaller-ish D one schools. I in think our, my in our class section. was like one seventy, and that's like middle of the pack Class B. Well, dude, so I was I was refing a game out in York-ish area, and. Um, this was the first time I did it, but we I was in some gym and I looked up I'm like, why are those people have their pictures like in the gym? Like what what is that? They, they don't look like basketball players and like, no, that's a graduating class. There were five people up there. <laughs> are you serious? There were five people up there and like this high school, you just got this brand new gym. Where's the funding coming from? First off, that's awesome for you guys. Round of applause. Second off, you had a graduating class of five. And you know what's crazy is I've met more and more people who are like, Yeah, I came from small town Nebraska. Small town. I'm like, wow, that's that's a hell of an experience. I'm like, yeah, Lincoln's big for me. I'm like, oh, well, wait till you get out there some more. <laughs> you know, Lincoln's fun. It's not big though, relatively. Like you go out like Western Nebraska and there's like six man football. Like that's insane. I'm telling yeah, you, it's what. entertaining though. So, yeah, have you guys? I take it. I know probably. I've seen some of the state games. I think it's eight man though. I don't know if six man's in Memorial. Yeah, I don't think so. No, six man's out in yeah, Carney. But uh, yeah, I've never seen. Six man. I want to watch. Six man is insane. I tried. I called during my freshman year of high school, junior. Uh, I called the six man state championship. Really? And, bro, they get up in the eighties. That's so fun. What, what's 70s? arena it's football? Insane. Do you know how many people are in arena football? Is it like three linemen? It might be six, maybe more. It might be eight. It's eight. Either way, yeah. I mean, that stuff is entertaining. We have a couple guys on our team who, who have come from eight man football. I think Ty yeah. Han was an eight man footballer. Oh yeah, Ty Seth, Han was dominant. Uh, Seth Malcolm. Is that his name, right? Mm-hmm. Seth Malcolm? Yeah. He's a new recruit, or he came in early enrollee, eight-man football guy. I think he's from Iowa, right? I think there's a couple. Yeah, we have more than a, f- a few guys, and they've transitioned well, you know. Eight-man's fo- eight-man football is interesting because it's either they run up an eye formation and run the ball the entire time, mm. or it's just, just like an aerate. aerial attack. <laughs> like, there's really is not a whole lot of balance. So it's really interesting. And, I mean, even six-man football, you get more points for kicking it than you do going – running normal play for an extra point or whatever. That's interesting. It's probably hard to, like, do we have a guy who can kick the ball? Like, actually, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I feel like in a small school like that, if you have two somewhat decent athletes that can catch a ball, <laughs> you're you're probably going to dominate, you know? Mm. If you just have a 6'4 wide receiver who has decent hands and can run a little bit, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're going to win some games. Yeah, no, they're dominating. <laughs> if the six-man football has that dude, he could count as two of those guys. He could, he could be five-man. They'll be fine. Tweets unfiltered. Last segment, Cam, thank you so much for joining us. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. This is, yeah, this thanks for coming. Cam Jurgens joining us on episode two of Athletes Unfiltered. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, capital A-T-H Unfiltered, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow our personal ones at Martinez the QB and at Exxon Sports. Thank you everyone for joining us. Don't worry, we're gonna have more very, very soon. From Adrian Martinez, I'm Jeff Ekstrom. We'll see you next time. Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Coming up on Monday's show, sports editor and columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra, Sam McEwen, talking all the latest Husker news from SB Nation. Ricky O'Donnell will catch us up on the latest basketball tournament picture and anything else that pops up over the weekend. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning.